Welcome back. That's right, you're here again. Another episode. Oh, this episode is human design. Do you know anything about human design? I don't really. I just know it's one of these things that people are really into. Today, uh, I'm joined with one of my gal pals, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. I want to make sure that you know why I've created the community, members.connectedcalmlife.com. You know, if you are in this place of discovery and trying to understand what is happening in the world, well, that is why I started the community. It's a place for connection. It's a place for meditation, mindfulness, and all good things. So join me over there. The Connected Calm Life is waiting for you. Let's get into today's episode. Omen out, omen out, sister. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so funny too, because it's like, the more I get into meditation and grounding and all the metaphysical and woo stuff, it's like I can very clearly feel in body out of body i can feel like the the coming back into my body it is a very interesting experience so i was out of body for a little bit there (laughs) don't you love her already i told you this is an amazing episode get ready for it hey it's lauren and you're listening to the connected calm life podcast yes Lauren, so good to be with you today. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Thank you for joining and co-hosting the show. Thanks for having show. me. Yeah. I met Lauren through Rebecca, who is episode, God, she's early on, early first 10 episodes. And then I got to connect with Lauren and we're in season three now in a new year. I don't, it's, I don't even know. So what they time, say, yeah, right. I don't even know where time is going. Is time even relevant anymore? Uh, it's crazy. It's really crazy. How are you? I am good. As I was sharing before we, um, hopped on the new year has started. School has started virtually for, um, one of my kids and it's just a cacophony of chaos happening downstairs. So I am going to do my best. I did a little connection beforehand to just try to be concise, to be clear, to have whatever is helpful and relevant flow through me. So Let's and, go. Here we go. <laughs> and, and and it will. It will. I trust this process 100%. So you, I'm I just going to cut to the chase. And you identify as alcohol-free. Yes. Yes. I just have had my two-year, um, January 1st, um, was two years without a drink. <sighs> So I just had to take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I love this idea of being like identifying as alcohol free. Like this was not my, um, not even on my radar, not vocabulary, uh, wasn't in the ethers of life 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. I just celebrated 25 years of uh, being alcohol, alcohol free. And how did you like, how did this even appear to you? So I have had a very interesting relationship with alcohol. 
as I would say, um, I don't know, most people, a lot of people do. And I definitely have alcoholism in my family. I would say functional alcoholism. And one of the reasons I like to make that distinction is because I think that as a society, many of us have this very specific, dramatic movie (laughs) definition of what it is to be an alcoholic. And that was not the experience in my family. It was get up every day, go to work every day, never saw you drunk, really never, you know, affected in quotes, anything. However, there was a strong dependency on alcohol. It was required for daily living. And so that was something that I grew up not really ever knowing any different and not really knowing that that was an issue or a problem. And so I did all the regular things. I started drinking in high school because it was fun and it was cool and then had a certain experience where I had way too much and thank God, by the grace of God, made it through that and went on to college and did all the, the regular partying and that stuff and then was never what I would call a huge drinker, you know, post-college, a few days a week, a few glasses of wine, a cocktail here and there. And then slowly it just really started to not feel good. It went down to, you know, the first thing was that I would say, I really didn't feel myself. Mm -hmm. I would feel guilty. I would feel regret. I would wake up. Why did I drink so much? I don't feel good. What did I say? What did I do? And still thinking that was totally normal because everybody around me was doing the same thing, but it was the way that it just started to affect me. So I started cutting out weekday drinking. And I would, okay, I'm only going to drink on Friday and Saturday. And then that led to just one day and that led to just one drink. And then finally it was like, why, why am I doing this? I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. And so I had participated in dryuary, you know, dry January mm-hmm. for a few years. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that in 2020, there was like another group challenge that some friends were doing, which led into the middle of March And at that point, it had been out of my system for two and a half months when COVID came. And Mm, thank goodness, because as everybody I knew just started drinking literally nonstop, I had kind of made that switch already. And so I feel like two years of not drinking during COVID, maybe like dog years, like does that count for like more (laughs) more time? (laughs) It's fascinating to me to think about like just getting to that place of, oh, I'm just going to try it on the during the week, or then I'm just going to try it on the weekends, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to have one, and then just saying I'm going to be done. Like that for me, it doesn't it doesn't calculate, it doesn't track, <laughs> it doesn't track yeah, because yeah. I tried I. Uh, kind of label myself as a periodic drinker. So I would binge really hard and then I would clean up and I wouldn't drink. It would be fine for like three months or six months. And then I would get right back on the saddle and like, I don't even know what would happen. I would forget everything. And then I would, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I'm i on a cleanse. Right. right? Cause right. cleanses are super easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> And I just, I need to get that alcohol out. I would go to this place in Malibu and just like lay and and pray. Like 
This is too much for me. And I love hearing this kind of, it's like an easy transformation. It sounds like that, that's what I'm like, how is this possible? But it's, <laughs> it, it's possible because you are two years into this journey uh, talking about it. And I know that there's so many other women out there who are choosing this alcohol-free life. And for somebody like me, it's not a choice. For me, it's something that I had to give up. I didn't make the choice to give it. Like it, it so it's, I'm just, it, it, like it tickles my brain and it's like, I'm fascinated with it. So since you've been alcohol-free, what have you noticed? Um, and I really, I definitely want to emphasize why I came to alcohol-free because mm-hmm. I feel like the word sober or sober curious, mm-hmm. it, I, I feel like there are people, and I don't put myself in the category of people that had an addiction. Mm-hmm. That is a hard-earned word to, to have, that badge of being sober, that that badge of I am in recovery from something. And so that to me is the distinction of alcohol-free, just like I'm gluten-free, just like I'm dairy-free, you know, that to me is what it is, that it is a lifestyle choice. But knowing that alcoholism runs in my family, three generations in a row, Mm -hmm. I felt more inclined to break that cycle. And I, and I felt, especially as I see this mommy drinking culture that, you know, we might talk about that. I just wanted to offer my children an alternative perspective. You know, there is so much drinking that happens in, in, in religion, in social settings, in Mm -hmm. all kinds of different groups and friends and fun. And it is, it's a fun thing. Like I know lots of people who can have a drink or not have a drink, who can, have one glass of wine a day and never think about it. It was taking up a lot of my mental space. When am I going to drink? How much am I going to drink? Is today going to be a drink? What will I feel like tomorrow? But it, and so that was like another point of how much time am I going to give this thing? This is like, you're just a liquid. What's going on? <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, it was that gradual journey and but I also think in general, I'm more of a moderator versus an abstainer to use. Um, I cannot think of her name at the time, but the happiness project, um, her yes. the four tendencies author, Gretchen I, Rubin, Gretchen Rubin. Thank you. So I, it's like, if you tell me I can't have something that is worse than if you tell me, okay, like for, you know, chocolate, for example, or sweets, I can have a house full of sweets and I'm okay with that. I could have five M&Ms a day. I don't know. That's just the way that I work. So I know that, a lot of other people can't do it. <laughs> you're, you're freaking right, out. <laughs> right? No, it, you're just like, you're not an addict. Like that is like from this perspective over yeah. here, like an addict, you can't turn that off. Like we are, I'm wired differently than you. Right. And like, it's funny because I have been concerned about being an addict all my life. All my life, I have felt like, I have an addictive personality in terms of like, I want this, I want this, I could think about things, but I, but you're right. It is, it is different. And so I'm blessed that that has not, of all the things that didn't pass over. (laughs) Right. Right. So does your partner, do they drink? No, 
he will drink and he has, you know, he did all the yeah. drinking, but yeah. that is another really important thing that I share with my friends and people yeah. who ask me if, if he was the person that every day came home from work and had a cocktail or opened a bottle of wine, that would be more challenging for me. Of course it would be because it would be right in front of my face. I think I can go out now and everybody could be drinking. I don't even think about it, but I feel like at the beginning that would have been hard until I got my like really strong foundation of yeah. knowing how good I feel. And yeah. I think that was the question you asked me originally about, do I notice a difference? I yes, was going to circle back to that. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. It's like manifesting generator, Sagittarius, ADD brain. It's all good. Um, yes. I feel less inflammation, less belly pain. Yeah. I feel like you know, just in general, even though it doesn't sound like I'm that clear right now, I do feel more clear. Um, I feel like I have more brain space. I have, I think about yeah. other things. I, I see things more clearly when I'm out with people that are drinking. It is a fascinating, you know, people, it's so funny. People say, how can you go out and be social and have everybody drinking? you don't drink and you watch everybody else get drunk, you don't need a drink. That is all the entertainment that you need is to watch everybody shift and change their, their energy, their, their, what they say, their demeanor, their attitude. It's incredible to see it from the outside. Yeah. That the change in personality is what we call it. <laughs> the twisted emotions, uh, the dysregulation that quickly occurs as a result of sticking alcohol and drugs into your person, your being. Uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about how, you know, you have these two kids at home and you put down alcohol pre-pandemic and what a godsend that is. So you could be a hundred percent present with them. I mean, it's been a freaking, you know, nightmare and here we are again facing this like unknown again. Mm -hmm. Do you think your kids recognize, like, do they see like pre drink control drinking? <laughs> I'm going to drink. Some, like, do they see a difference between then and now do you think? And it's been weird because we've been in COVID, but do you think they recognize it? Well, we talk about it a lot. Oh, so okay. They, yeah. Cause your yeah. kids are, your kids are nine and 12. So they're a nine little bit 12. older. Yes. I, and we I have also a have a very communicative, very emotionally charged <laughs> household. So in many ways, we probably talk to them about things that are ab above their level, you know, I guess compared to what other parents do, but I was just raised in a very communicative, like we're going to talk about our feelings. We're going to like share all the things kind of house. So they, and I want them to know, and I want to be transparent with them, especially as they get to the age where that's going to start to be something that is within their grasp or that they see friends doing, or they see. And so we talk about like, oh, it's been this amount of time and I'm so proud of myself. And they are like, are you ever going to drink again? Or what about for this? Do you think you'll have a drink for that? What do you and say? So I do think that I will have a drink again. I don't, I don't. See, there, see, that freaks me out too. I'm like, Lord. It freaks God. me out too. No, it does. Because I have a good friend yeah. who, who kind of has had a parallel journey. And so she also went alcohol-free for a long period of time and then felt, you know what? I'm going to have a drink. I'm fine. 
and within two weeks was daily drinking again <sighs> and is now in recovery. Good. It now has a sponsor now yep. because she said, I cannot believe that after all this time, and she read this naked mind and yeah. like, you know, she was yeah. really all into in yeah. all in it. And so I do have that in my mind that, and then I have this stupid, and maybe it's not stupid of, well, now I have two years. I don't want to ruin it, but I can't picture myself never drinking again. I would love to be the person who has a drink four times a year at it, like a special celebration. You know, I'm going to have a glass of champagne for my birthday. It's going to be my 20th wedding anniversary this June. My husband and I, God willing, are going to go on a trip somewhere. I would love to, on our anniversary, have a little clink of like, we've made it. But then on the other hand, is that not who I am anymore? Do I okay, need this, that? Okay, this is so good is right this here. fascinating? <laughs> no, this is so good because I'm thinking... It, so from this perspective, I'm like, does it really matter that you have champagne in that glass? If you're right. celebrating your lives together, it yeah. could be a freaking cup of coffee. I know. Like, <laughs> I know, but that's how in... What's the word I'm looking for? That's how immersed yeah. drinking is yes. in our culture in our society that you can, can you have a celebration? Meanwhile, I've made it through two new years, dozens of birthdays, parties, big gatherings without questioning having a drink. Like it never entered my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, stay tuned. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to be right here cheering you on. Uh, you know, when somebody in, on my path, uh, finds recovery. It's an opening to spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like that knock is so loud that you can't ignore it. And, you know, I'm so, I feel so blessed because it's be, it's become my normal to like talk about the ocean of yum and feel centered and mm-hmm. pray and meditate. And I believe that everyone has their own path that they're going to find. Now, I don't know if like, what are you doing in your daily life to keep your sanity? Like before we got on, you were, you were kind of joking around, you're, you're oming, you know, you're chanting. Is that like a part of your daily practice? What does your practice look like to keep that internal voice, that chatter silent? So the internal voice does not, (laughs) that chatter does not ever go away. But what I would say is that I have been on this more spiritual, mindful, higher consciousness path. It feels like all my life. It feels like from a young age, I prayed without anybody teaching me to do that, without any modeling of a direct communication at that point. It was, it was God that I spoke to and and asked for things. Um, I had multiple incidences that felt very abnormal, very unusual. And what does that mean? Just like spiritual things, having dreams and then things coming true. Uh Um, knowing that people were going to pass and then it coming to fruition, seeing things, hearing things, you know, I don't know how woo all of, um, 
all the audience is, but you can, you can bring it on. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that, that would be your clear audio, clear scent. Like you're, you've got your clairs turned on. Yes. At yes. Very but young. not knowing at the time right. what, what that was. And so, you know, as I moved through adulthood and, and, and it's funny, it's actually really funny now that I'm thinking about it. So it felt like during motherhood, the beginning parts of motherhood, all of that was gone because it was, I was singularly focused on keeping these beings alive that I was now in charge of with no direction, manual help, you know, yep. <laughs> just yep. it happens. But, but leading up to that, I felt very connected. And so it really wasn't until my youngest was sort of at that four to five year old, like, okay, like you're a full formed being, like, I don't have to watch everything thing every single second that I really stepped back on to the spiritual path in a big way. I meditate daily. I prioritize my self-care, whether it be walking every day or listening to a podcast or finding time for quiet. Um, I really see myself as an individual. And I think that that has been a big shift for me that for a while I did lose my identity to being only a mother and not feeling the ability to not feeling empowered, not feeling entitled to have my own Lauren self space. And so realizing that it was not just okay, but that it was incredibly beneficial to me and all the people around me that I am me without all the other labels is a huge, just reframe of spirituality for me. And you brought this into your work. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have. So my background is in marketing and I'm a manifesting generator in human design, which I know we're going to talk about. But what that means is that many of us have this long and windy path where we love all the things, are multi-passionate, change, pivot, have lots of different detours. And so marketing to wellness to spiritual business coaching. Okay, let's talk about, because some of our friends listening are not going to know what a generator is. Yes. And you're a generator. And I'm a manifesting You're generator. a manifester. Okay, mm-hmm. a manifester. No, manifesting generator. You're a manifesting. See, I don't even know this lingo. <laughs> it's just too much for me. I know, it's a lot. Human design is one area that I have not even attempted to get involved in because it's so complex. Yeah. I feel like it's complex. And I'm usually really good at being able to get into a, a system. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to yeah, call it. Yeah, a system, yeah. Uh, a system. And, you know, when astrology, I can get in there and figure it out and I've got it. You know, numbers, numerology, I can get in there, you know. But human design, I'm like, mm, I'm just going to put that over there and I'm going to listen to people. <laughs> so share a little more about this experience and what it is brings to your life if you are to know it or understand it human design yeah yeah let's start there and then we'll go into this manifest or generator thing yes absolutely (laughs) um and I totally understand what you're saying and I hear that from a lot of people and I also think a lot of people like any other modality try to dive in and find the hacks and the shortcuts and 
And so there's a lot of different ways. And I just like to extend grace to anybody who is, who's playing with the system because there is a lot of nuance and there's a lot of verbiage that for me is completely does not resonate and does not work in my brain. So a lot of what I do is synthesize the information and just try to make it understandable to me and relatable to other people. So human design is called the science of differentiation. It is based in four different ancient wisdoms, which is astrology. And there's an element of the chakra system. There's an element of the I Ching and also of Kabbalah and the tree of life. So there's these, yeah. You see, so, so like, I know all of those systems, but when you layer them, I'm like, it's, yeah, it's too complex. Like, like, why would you do this? Like, (laughs) I know, I know. Well, and the reason, I mean, so the, the founder, who was on a a visa supposedly, and basically had this multi-day download of all this information. Mm -hmm. And that is how human design came to be, but, and, and there absolutely are ways to make it more streamlined, more simple. So if you're interested, don't, don't give up quite yet. If it's something that you're feeling attached to. So it's based on this idea that we are all these very different, unique individuals, and there is no one right way to do anything, but there is a way that is best for you based on your unique design. So you know, you can think about the Enneagram or the, one of these other self-discovery modalities. The difference is that it is these four wisdoms, and then they pull in pieces of energy and conditioning. And, and so you have a few different types. There's five different energy types, and that's sort of the top of the pyramid. And then from there, it goes down into strategy, which is how you engage with the world from an energetic perspective, you go into your inner authority, which is the way that you're meant to make decisions because we're not all made to make decisions the same way. And then you can go into the center. So there's nine centers in human design and these centers are either open or closed. And that's all about like how energy flows and how you interact with other people. There's profile, there's channels, there's gates, there's all these different layers. So I totally understand. And it was definitely overwhelming to start with. But as you dig into it, you find what resonates with you. And it's just a really beautiful system for self-discovery, for self-compassion, for authenticity. It's about finding ease, Mm -hmm. which might feel counterintuitive because it feels complicated, but I can help any answer any questions that people have to make it more simple. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You you can't go alone on this journey, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you, you got to have somebody kind of guide you a, a, through the forest. Uh, I can't, I think I'm a manifester. I, you're going to have to tell me more, but yeah. so let's get, I just want to, you're a gener, no, a manifester generator. I'm a manifesting generator. A manifesting right? generator. Yes. So okay. that's a hybrid between a manifester and a generator. A manifesting. I know, I know. It's a lot. And so, first of all, I did want to tell people that it is based on your birth date, Mm. exact time, and location. So that's the astrological component because it's whatever was happening in the 
in the stars at the moment, which give you this imprint. And also three months before, but I don't want to go. I want to get off the rails don't go, here. Don't go there. <laughs> don't, don't go there, Lauren. It's too much. So, so the five different energy types are a generator and a manifesting generator, which have a lot of similarities, but also some differences. Then there is a manifester, which is the third type, a projector, and a reflector. So everybody is one of those five energy types. And that really is like the essence of your energy, who you are, your aura as an energetic being. Okay. So you just said the word aura, which makes me crazy. (laughs) Tell me, tell me why. (laughs) Just like aura. I don't know the word. I just have resistance around it, even though I know I have it right? Like I study heart math. So I know this, the length of my aura. I understand like, but just, I don't know the word just, I go like that every time I hear it. Mm. Um, Well, I think it's so popularized like many things in spirituality. And then it becomes something where you, you need to know what it is. And is it like, it becomes like this hierarchy of like, am I this color or is it look like, right. So the way that human design decides, talks about aura is not in terms of color, but more in terms of its essence. So is it open and enveloping? Mm. Is it penetrating? Is it, you know, repelling? Is it reflective? So that's like a different way of looking at it. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Now, how long have you been doing the human design? Gosh, so... Pre-alcohol free life? Pre-alcohol free life. Okay. Pre-COVID. So four-ish years. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to bring this back around to the alcohol free stuff, right? So (laughs) was there a difference in your essence when you put down alcohol in your being, right? Did you become more clear as your manifesting generator or, right? Like, did you gain access to other knowledge that you didn't have access to because you were drinking? Without question, my I consider myself someone that has a channeling connection. Mm-hmm. And so that ability to, to know and trust and receive is off the charts in contradiction to the, the me before that was medicated, dull, cloudy, um, pushing away anything that I thought was happening. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I ever consciously thought, okay, well, I'm going to have a drink because I don't want to deal with this thing that I think is happening. But separating from alcohol, all of these other things have been like illuminated and gotten massively louder. Or brighter, uh, or brighter, clearer, yeah, right. clearer, <laughs> brighter. Yeah, it's like easier to manage, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, it's fine tuning a frequency is another way that I've heard people sort yes. of describe it. It's like you're on the radio station, or you yep. know, and yep. back in the day when the TV had a knob, and you're yep. just like trying to get it, yeah, to a different frequency. Yes. That's 100%. Okay. So manifesting generator, mm-hmm. how does that, what does that do in the world? What, what does this type do? What do they yeah. represent? 
So a manifesting generator is, again, essentially a generator, which means it is this creator, this builder, this this love to work, this work-life love, very strong connection. We're sort of these like buzzy (laughs) energy beings that like can like race around and a lot of the, the... the verbs, a lot of the words that you hear today um, that are geared for success are built on generator words. So it's like that hustle and that bustle and that grind are all things that we as generators and manifesting generators love to do. We are sacral beings. So again, I know that's getting a little into the details, but generators and manifesting generators are the only two of the five types that have a defined sacral, which means again, that very strong vitality and power and creation. A manifesting generator is one that is more multi-passionate. It's more likely if you are an MG that you have had a lot of different things that you love to do. You love to have a lot of balls in the air, a lot of spinning plates, I call it like the energy hummingbird where it's, I love this and I want to do this and I want to do that and multiple revenue streams and we want to do all the things. And it is often this nonlinear path, which in some ways has, depending on the conditioning that you've taken in, you could feel like you are flaky. You could feel like you're noncommittal. You could feel like I keep changing my mind. You could feel a lot of things about you when there's language that says you should pick one thing that you love and do that forever. Like that is a nightmare to an MG. Like it's like, no, 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 that is not me at all. I'm going to do this today and I'm going to do that tomorrow. And um, yeah, we're really just meant to do what we love and pick a little bit and share it. And so our life's work does not look like anybody else's because it is not this steady path of one ladder rung after another. It's Mm -hmm. pulling and weaving together all of our experience to create something new, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly exciting and also a little bit like wild, wild west, you know? (laughs) You're out there doing it, waving your flag. That's right. That's right. That's really great. When you decided to, you know, you made that choice of not drinking and you knew everything that you knew about yourself. Uh, and you know that you're this channel that can hear, see, what are your clears? What you, you hear, you see. I know, I feel. You know you. So you're clear sentient, right? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clear sentient. So all of this makes you, you, right? Every little part of you. And what I love about recovery, I'm just going to name it right now, recovery, alcohol-free, is that you have an opportunity, just like I have an opportunity to share every part of myself. Whereas before you were drinking and you weren't really channeling, Mm -hmm. right? You maybe were doing this great work with human design, but you probably weren't bringing your entire self. And that is one of the biggest assets that we have when we just change one action. And that action is putting down a drink. And for our listeners out there, 
I, I want you to share like, what was the hardest moment? What was a hard moment that you can look back on over the last two years, but you're so grateful that you did not pick up a drink? Gosh, there's been a lot of hard moments. I mean, to be honest, you know, I, we're so fortunate for our health, for our financial security, for so many things that literally are life and death for people every single day. And so I, I think that First of all, I think that when you are not drinking, when I am not drinking, it is much easier for me to recognize that to begin with. It is much easier for me to find gratitude because I am not in the shame spiral that I used to live in when I was drinking. It was a pity party was, what was me? Why did I do that? What's wrong with me? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all of that shame and guilt that I, that I felt about myself when it seemed like nobody else bothered anybody else. Nobody else was being affected. Why was I, why was I different? What was wrong with me that I had this relationship that I knew I had to break up from, (laughs) you know, it's not, it's, it's not something, most people feel comfortable talking about because you're either drinking and it's so social and it's so fun, or you're like the odd one. You're the weirdo. You're like the grown up who doesn't drink, but Which didn't is have problem. a drinking problem. Right. It's a right. terrible thing. And it's, I was yeah. guilty of looking at people who weren't drinking mm-hmm. and pressure. Why aren't you drinking? Come on, just drink, mm-hmm. just have some fun. And I couldn't understand because that had never been modeled to me yep. that you can be a fully formed, fun, amazing, incredible life, human experiencing person without having alcohol. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need that to be, to be basically. And so I would say that all of the non-drinking, just every single time that I didn't think about it and later on in reflection would think to myself, wow, I didn't even think about having a drink just builds a well of resiliency and confidence and capability that I never knew that I had. I never, I have been through a lot of trauma in my life, starting at a young age, all the way up through a few weeks ago. I never So what happened a few weeks ago? My husband had a heart attack at 44. And Thank you. So when you're like, name something in the past two years, I'm like, how about in the past two weeks? Yeah, that's that's huge. It's huge. And it's so crazy because our two responses to the heart attack, his response and my response, I'm really learning. And I know that there's future work in there for me about my trauma-informed response and reaction and his non-trauma-informed response and reaction is like, I mean, it's like a masterclass of like differentiation. It's, it's insane. And so, yeah, at 44, he was at the gym, started not feeling well, chest pain, chest pressure, no ever, never an experience like this before called me. I don't feel good. I think I'm going to have them call the ambulance to calling the ambulance, to getting to the hospital, to getting admitted to the next day 
we need to do an emergency angioplasty because he had a hundred percent blockage in one of his arteries. Then they had to go in two days later because he had a 70% blockage in another artery. Who knew there were only three arteries in the heart? We didn't know that. So we learned a lot about the body, but he absolutely could have gone into cardiac arrest and died at any moment. And we had no idea the risk that he was in. And I never considered drinking. But that's it right there, right? There was no thought. No I'm not God. taking a drink over this. And then the other side of that is, can you imagine if you had been drinking? Right. If I was drinking, I would have come home and, and, and had drinking and felt terrible and cried myself to sleep even more and been not in my right mind and yeah. not in my body. And instead, I was obviously very scared. I was obviously very upset, but I was able to find center. Like you were saying earlier, I was able to find the truth. It was hard for me to find the truth when I was drinking. Mm -hmm. The truth was not clear. Mm -hmm. And now I might not like the truth, but I know it. I know what it is now. And that's an amazing place to be. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Your moment. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to drink. Like we, we just don't have to drink through anything. It's really powerful that you shared that. Yeah. And I think uh, I just want to also share too, because I have, yeah. you know, I, I, I live in a community and a population where most everybody drinks mm. very often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if that is your situation, I'm also sharing that you can still be in community with yeah. people. And it is weird the first few times or the first milestones and people ask you about it. Eventually they forget about you and they get back to their own life. So you're not the freak show for that long of a period of time. And instead people start coming out of the woodwork, DMing, messaging. I'd love to hear about your experience. This is something that I've been thinking about. There are so many people out there that are also considering it. So if that's something like if you feel social pressure, which I always did, Mm -hmm. there is also a way to navigate that. Yeah. You just never know who's looking to stop drinking, mm-hmm. who's curious about it. Uh, when I came screaming out of the closet, so to speak, uh, when COVID hit about my recovery, I had people, yes, messaging me like, what? My students, students were sending me messages and emails. And I was like, oh, it was, it's so, it was such a strange moment, but I couldn't, I had to share it, right? Like right. enough of the shame, enough of this picture of you're the weirdo you're different like no I'm not in that regard I mean I am but I'm not (laughs) so yeah oh Lauren I think uh I want to know more about human design do you want to come back for another show I would love to yeah and you have to send me your information and then I can tell you all about your design so overwhelming. I'm just like, whoa, wait a minute. I promise I will keep it like super, super succinct, super high level, super actionable. I think, you know what I'm really interested in though? Like maybe this is another, this will be another episode is like the channeling. I'm like, I need that. Yeah. Everybody, that's another thing. I think everybody can be a channel. Everybody can connect to their higher soul, Mm -hmm. to their 
to their guides, to other people. I think that that's another thing that has been put on this very specific pedestal of a certain type of person can be that level or that way spirituality. And I feel like, no, everybody can do that. Everybody can. Why would we not all have the ability if we want to connect to source? Yeah, it's great. So we'll talk after the show and we'll have you back on, which makes me so excited. Uh, Thank you for being here and hosting the show with me. It's just been delightful hearing your story and sharing you with our listeners today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is, it's funny that this is a a place that I've arrived and I'm just so grateful that I have and that I have the opportunity to share. And I, I truly feel like if, one person hears and and knows that they can do it that is literally the biggest blessing for me yeah so alcohol free living is possible lauren thank you again may you find something bright something light and something so delicious it fills you up my friend so you can be the best i know you can be until next time take good care did you just love her or what she is a doll I'm so thrilled that you got to hear that show and she's going to be hanging out in the members area as well. So please join today over at members.connectedcalmlife.com. That's where we're hanging out. All the cool kids, you know, join us there.